this is Gary Gary Beers from NXS and Ash and Moon, and you're listening to NXS Access All Areas with Hayden and B. with my Nexus nerd Hayden Murdoch. We will be delving deep with you all to explore everything there is to know about this iconic band of brothers in Excess, sharing music, tours, videos, albums and oh so much more. Well hello, welcome to Nexus Access All Areas, episode 138, the podcast that dives deep into all things great about our favourite band, doing it with a bunch of patrons and fans around the world and also with my compadre B. Hello, how are you? Good to see your face again. Yes, I'm very good. Thank you, mate. And uh, you sound nice and bubbly. You're not at work, are you? Well, look, I'm a little bit down, but uh, will, we go with the, will we go with the negative or the positive first? Let's go with the negative. Can I do a rant? Oh, please do. We've all been waiting for this. Come on. Come on. Get it out. Well, yeah, so... I- at, at, at the point of last recording, though, we, we at the date of recording, we were mentioning there was a ballot coming out. We're optimistic, but in excess, again, didn't even make the ballot for the Rock Hall of Fame. As you could hear at the start of the show, listeners, we put on a uh, typically Johnny Rotten, John Lydon from the band Pill, singing the words to Disappointed, the song from uh, Pill, uh, circa 1985-86, which sums up how we feel. We feel pretty rotten and we feel disappointed, B. Thank you to Johnny for expressing how we feel. Yes, lots of disappointed people also. So a lot of people saying, look, we don't really want In Excess alongside all those people anyway. In Excess shine on their own, which is a fair point. But however, you know, there's reasons why awards are, are out there and it's for In Excess to be legendary well, um, for yeah. next generations upon next generations when we're all gone. One of our mantras and mission statements to get the band a Hall of Fame, but we're going to probably do a little sidebar deep dive into the recent ballot. Uh, mm-hmm. who's been nominated. You know, we're not going to try to take away from those who have been uh, nominated for the ones we want. However, I think one of the greater issues that I, I find really, really disappointing is that, you know, and I said this to uh, somebody uh, close, to the, <coughs> close to the band, and that is that in the history of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, not a single Australian-born act mm-hmm. has actually been nominated for the Rock Hall of Fame. Never, have they? Never. ACDC and the Bee Gees are... You know, typically, well, yeah, uh, you know, Scottish typically, and English. Yeah, yeah, but they're probably part of what we call, you know, affectionately the 10 pound POM that come out here in the 50s and 60s with their families and emigrated for a better life. And um, to think of the rich pedigree that Australian music's provided bands and artists around the world, you know, whether it's from NXS through to Nick Cave, through to Midnight Oil, through to Neil Finn, Split Ends, Crowded House, Johnny The Wiggles. O- Johnny O'Keefe, the Wiggles. Jeez, at this rate, the Wiggles are getting ahead of us. But you know, it, you know, it's a bit of a slap in the face. And we, you know, and you know, even in the latest sort of inductions, they've, they've they can't even make their mind up. They're going, will we put New Order in, or will we put Joy Division in? Oh, yeah. oh, all right, let's combine them together as as one band. Well, they're not. They are two distinct bands. Yeah. So, you know, on that basis, then, well, you know, Split Ends and Crowded House should be sort of nominated because Neil Finn's a common thread. So, so it really is. It really reeks of. Uh, a lack of foresight, a lack of worldly sort of view. And uh, there is a music industry south of the equator, John Sykes, the newest uh, uh, person who's taken over. So, you know, have a, have a look at your geographical map and look at the history of music and just realise a lot was created before you even knew what music was, son. Having said that, uh, B, hello, how are you? Oh, the Grammys. Can I go, can I go on a rant oh, about Oh, please, let's talk oh, about the Grammys. Oh, yes. God, okay. Oh, I really want to get into this Ele- one. 11 years, on. 11 years ago, 39 people tuned in. Last year, 8 million tuned in, and this year, even less. Uh, record low uh, attendances. Um, uh, mm. I think I posted something the other day. Did you watch it, Hayden? No, of course not. I, I saw, did. I saw enough pop-ups of people mm. like Sam Smith dressed up as the devil. And oh, I, my I, God, I, that I, was slightly all, embarrassing, wasn't all it? I could, all I could sort of oh. say was, you know, what's happened to the, the the value of a song versus the value of image, and mm. um, and then there was uh, poor little Harry Styles. You know, he get up and won, won the Grammy for album of the year, which uh, I think he. Uh, I'm not a Harry Harry aficionado, but he get up. He got up there and said, "Oh, this doesn't happen to people like me." Blah 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 blah. And uh, I thought he was referring to himself, a young lad growing up in the 
probably the uh, the projects of England in some of the the, the less salubrious areas. And uh, the uh, yeah, the black community came out and gave him a hard time, saying, "Oh, plenty of white men have won Grammys and album of the year." And I don't think he was oh, referring no. to colour oh, at no. all. Actually, he was really humble. He would yeah. actually shine a lot. He was just in the background. Yeah. Um, hmm. And then, <laughs> I and, then go on. and then, and Jay Z's come out and oh had a go at the, at the committee. The like, sorry, only only Beyonce, show? only Beyonce's won thirty four Grammys, and he's still not fucking happy. You know, because she didn't win Album of the Year. I'm like, sorry, you know, like write oh. a song, would you? Like, you look at her album, the forty eight songwriters. Sorry, Jay Z, you can piss off. Go and on. then we get to. Uh, <laughs> Uh, unknown blues singer wins song of the year. Well, sorry, Bonnie Raitt's won 11 Grammys. She won album of the year before, covered in excess of the tonight very beautifully. Uh, and she was like, unknown blues singer wins, uh, knocks off uh, such and such for song of the year. Shut the fuck up. Mm, All right. Yeah. Realise a lot was created before uh, you, and there's a lot of valid people out there. And uh, do your research, uh, Juno. Uh, Bonnie Raitt's been around uh, and achieved a lot more uh, than being uh, called the moniker of unknown blues singer. Outside that, off the Grammys were a roaring success. Um, <laughs> what about you, B? <laughs> well, it was um, the 50th year of hip hop. So they yeah, did right. a big montage yeah. to that. And I do like hip hop so yeah. i enjoyed that part but that jay-z pass. yeah pass for me yeah, yeah but Go, the catch. end it i was like i'm gonna watch it to the end and i must mm. admit i was tired and mm. it was a monolic song if that's the word a what song Melon monolic what's the word melodic Yes, one of them. Yeah. It went on and on, and right. it was all about him doing his rap, and yeah. it was like never yeah. ending. You're like, yeah, is right. it his show or what? Yeah, anyway, okay. moving on, please. Let's go to something more positive. We want to say a big congratulations to Buffy and Tim. It's their wedding anniversary this year. This year, <laughs> this week. Every year it's a wedding anniversary. <laughs> we hope. Yeah. So right. well, I hope you're okay. having a lovely time there. And um, did you ask me how my NXS week? Well, I was about to straighten up and say, B, let's get into the show. How's your NXS week been? It's been rather nice. Thank you yes. very much. Um, yep. I had Greg come back down and see me, the uh, the trucker, and mm. we're going to organise to go down to you see... You did say trucker then, didn't you? Say say trucker. Right, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be his trucker mate for a night okay. or a day, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Um, very good. Going, yeah, you're going to take me down to Sydney and we're going to go and see the DC boys in May. So that will be fun because he's never seen them. So, mm. yeah, so that's um, that's about it for my week. I mean, I've got other things to tell you, but I have to keep. Well, quick, quick little bit of news. I was just thinking back to Johnny Lydon at the start of the show. Johnny's come out and actually been selected as the nominating uh, artist for Ireland for the Eurovision Song Contest B. And it's from a song he wrote with Pill back in the 80s. And the song's called Hawaii. And it has a very, very uh, lovely uh, reference because uh, Johnny is actually caring for his wife who is suffering from dementia. Mm. And he's been uh, an absolute darling in the way he's looked after her and everything. It's the song that and the place that they went uh, uh, that she still remembers. It's an anecdote that when he mentions Hawaii, she connects with and remembers, Aww. and it's part of her memory. So would it be great if Johnny Rotten won Eurovision? I think that would be fantastic. For Ireland. <laughs> I don't even know how he qualifies for Ireland. Maybe his mother shagged the postman in 1928 or something. I don't know. But uh, good on him, Johnny, again. Yeah, so, um, but um, let me just chime in with my In Excess Week. I have a slightly good In Excess Week. I actually went to see John Stevens from Noiseworks, former in excess singer play at the pier, uh, uh, well, the band pier band room at the uh, Frankston Hotel last Friday night to about twelve hundred people. Be and yeah. had a great had a great time. Played sixteen songs. Would have loved another three or four, but uh, it was a fantastic gig. Yeah, John was in great form. The vocals are fantastic. Uh, they uh, went on and played the next day down at a festival in Torquay, uh, not the English uh, Forty Towers Torquay, but our Victorian Torquay. And John was in fantastic form. Sounded great. You know, when you're a great singer with great great vocal cords, uh, uh, like he does, he's still got the voice and the band were really fantastic as well. So uh, big shout out to any Noiseworks fans out there uh, who want to uh, take in their tour. So you didn't get into the green room and have a little chat? I went with a mate and afterwards, you know, it was like 1,200, 1,500 people trying to exit at the one time and uh, he had to get home to the babysitter. So I didn't hang around. Uh, okay. So so it was pretty much just line and length, a few drinks. And uh, I think I sent a little post out, didn't you I, did, to, yeah. to, our, uh, to our little uh, community. So, uh, yeah, a lot of fun there. And uh, live music, my first sort of live concert outside the cover bands, uh, for a while, B. So, uh, yeah, good fun to be out there again. Excellent, Hayden. So mm. have you got any more gigs lined up? 
well, I do know, uh, and I'm probably jumping ahead a bit, but in excess of a plane this weekend on Saturday, so uh, might not be able to go to that one. But, um, yeah, looking uh, eagerly out there for any bands touring. Uh, the Chili Peppers are in town at the moment. They've had a, a, a big reviews here in Australia with the set list they've come up with, which is an interesting discussion in itself. I think they've played 19 songs each night and probably nine of them have been off their last two albums they released last year. So that's been a little bit controversial. Yeah, I heard uh, that. So, yeah, but uh, I know Paul Jolly enjoyed his concert, went with his son and uh, I think Post Malone were touring uh, as a support and yeah. uh, some people have enjoyed it. So it's each of their own, I, I guess. Yeah, I think there was a few people that we know that went. So, yeah, I'm glad you all had a great time ta- taking their youngsters with them as well, which yeah. is nice to see. Yeah. Now, B, we've got a little bit of a format change for our show today. Did you did I inform did, did I inform you about that? Well, I mean, I had a little format change last week. <laughs> okay. Well, we thought what what we were thought to do is that you know we got Gary Beers on for part three today, and uh, big shout out to uh, one of our reviewers this week who uh, has only listened to episode one and felt like we didn't uh, tackle much about Gary in excess. Well, it is a three parter, so uh, hopefully he did get to hear part two because uh, look, we're very lucky. We don't get these guests on for ten minutes where we just have to ram shackle them into all the excess stuff. We've done a, a literal th- two and a half hour, three hour deep dive with Gary, and uh, today's part three where we, uh, I guess, go through a little more detail, uh, hopefully about touring and switch and songwriting and just uh, life, you know, uh, as an NXS member and after NXS. So uh, I guess anyone out there who only heard episode one, last week episode two's out, and this is episode three today with Gary. We're going to actually rip into it pretty quickly, and we're going to do our news and fan engagement all later, B, so that's a little bit of a shift for us. Yeah, it'd be good if we could ask him about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. At the end here. Well, appropriate and timely. I'll, I'll let you maybe uh, run that one or maybe uh, I'll run interference on it too. So we'll see. <laughs> hey, this is Tim Farris. Big shout out to Hayden and B. Also want to say hello to all the listeners and NXS fans. Thanks for listening. I love you, Hayden and B. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. from Middleburg, the Netherlands. You're listening to In Excess, Access All Areas with Hayden and B. And now it's time for the topic of the week. Well, topic of the week, part three with Gary Beers. Uh, looking forward to these things, so let's take it away. Now, I know you were very proud and justifiably so of, I think, just bouncing back with the Switch album and I think also a song like Perfect Strangers that allowed you to suddenly write with some other people. I think Shelley Perkin, who's uh, quite famous in the songwriting circles. Tell us a bit about that recording because uh, that was a, a strong song. I think it went top 20 in Canada and uh, uh, in Australia top 25 or 30 and must have been giving you a bit of pride to know that uh, despite them uh, pausing you on uh, the Chris Thomas years, you still had it in you to come out with some really good stuff, songwriting-wise, that is, you know. Yeah, I had, I had a bit of an output yeah, you know, after Michael passed, and I, I obviously I just threw myself into building Mangrove One and Two, and then Mangrove One was became my own little studio, and I just spent a lot of time writing, just healing and writing, and and that was a piece of music I wrote. The band decided to send me and Andrew to LA to write for Switch um, after picking a singer, which I found to be a great vote of confidence in my writing at the time because I had written some songs with John Stevens when John Stevens was in the band. That were pretty good. We never released them, but I just think Andrew and Andrew and John didn't quite gel as songwriters, so that wasn't going to happen. So you know, it's just chemistry. And but John and I had just we wrote some great stuff together, and I guess I got the vote of confidence from that to come over. You know, Andrew went off with the A grade writers, and I apparently I, I was told this later by the, <laughs> by, the by the producer guy Chambers that like he was basically giving me a compliment, saying "Well done for yeah," because we just you were just sent off with the B grade writers. Chili Pike is not a big great writer. So, yeah, I wrote like six or seven great songs, and two of them were going to make the record, which is out of 10 was going to be huge for me. But we ran out of time. We, we recorded the, the rhythm track for a song called Brighter Future, and then we ran out of time. And then Guy took me aside and said, I'm really sorry, but we just haven't got time to finish the record because we had to make that record in three weeks. Mm. And, and we had to start it from scratch because we didn't know who the singer was going to be, so or what key the songs were going to be. And if it was a girl, mm. like, mm. so we we really just whacked them down. And I remember John and I putting down Perfect Strangers while the other guys. We had three like the main studio and three rooms going all at the same time, and we had three engineers in just working on stuff. So 
so yeah, so we, I remember putting down Perfect Strangers, and then the other guys coming in from their other studios and putting on their parts, and it's building into a great song. And JD did a great, great, a great vocal, um, mm. and it, it's worked out in the end because Brighter Future is the music is actually what is on Ash and Moon. It's actually a song called Future Kings and Queens now. Exactly, exactly. It's song. my music. Yeah. yeah, we just added a couple of chords, but it's it's actually the recording I did back. You know, here in LA for you know what was going to be the in excess submission. So, and same with three or four of the songs off off the Ash and Moon project recordings I did in that healing process after Michael passed that, that never got used for in excess. One of them I used for Mudhead called God Tank. It's my music, so we just rewrote a whole new line and, and vocal. So that's got to be released at some point. Cool. So yeah, you did um, Kings and Queens for a Christmas thing, didn't you? A couple of yeah. How's this? I did a. I was get a, a judge on a Christmas Carol contest. I was asked to do. <laughs> That's right. Two years. I did it twice. Um, it's hilarious. It's what do Australians know about Christmas carols? It's summer. You know, I'm doing it. You know, it's actually pretty. Uh, yeah, apparently, I was great. <laughs> did, you, did you channel your inner Simon Cow? Did you there, uh, Gary? Oh, well, it's, it's hard to be critical of, of Christmas carolers. It's like, <laughs> yeah. um, but it was actually quite a, a good experience because you know, I don't know. Anything about Christmas carols? Yeah, you know, we had people doing you know acapella versions and hip hop versions, and and just it was really cool. I mean, I loved it. And out of that, we wrote a Christmas song and we played at the at the Hollywood Christmas Parade, and that was you know us playing. We played a Christmas song and we played a couple of songs, including um, Future Kings and Queens. So yeah, and that was that was our first live performance as Ash and Moon. So. Oh, was it? Was it your first one? Because it was all on social media as well. Yeah. Toby did a great job of that. Yeah. yeah. Your social media with Ash and Moon has been pretty fun, actually, watching you. Right, that's why I finally, poor Toby, I've overworked him. He's not at all. He was, he was doing my Instagram, for God's sake. So. <laughs> I mean, California is a beautiful state. I mean, it's it's you know they made the mistake of planting gum trees everywhere. As, so we've had the you know, last the last couple of years with really bad fires affected everybody. I'm at the stage where my wife and I were looking at either other parts of California or other parts of America to live. The world's in a funny place right now, and I, and I think uh, America's entering into a very odd area. It has been for the last say six years or so, and California. I don't know. It's just we just moved um into a what i feel is a safer area you know it's you look at things differently with 11 year old kids you know like a, about safety and where you want them to grow up and I, i'm not sure if california's or la in particular is where i want them to be you know from here going forward so we're just reevaluating all that sort of stuff but overall it's it's a it's a great town i mean the traffic's shit but it, you know so i was sitting <laughs> when i was back there so so do you miss manly I do. I haven't been back to Australia for God. I was there for like two nights, four years. Two thousand seventeen, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah, it's God. Yeah, so it's five years ago. And I got to say, I, I I found Sydney to be so overbuilt and busy and and different. And then you know, Kirk, Tim, and I visited our old high school, and it's like now it's a six lane highway, and all the houses that were all my mates used to live in is, are all gone. Mm. The house that I grew up in is now like four houses closer to the, to the road and the school now. Yeah. And the school's going to be, te- you know, probably has been torn down already. Um, They've taken half of it, haven't they? They've made a hospital. Yeah, the hospital, they're going to build a, a big shopping centre there as well. Um, so you don't think you'd move back to Australia? Mm. Uh, you'd think probably America will be the place you'll uh, you know, evolve? I- That's life for you there? Um, I don't know. It's, I do miss Australia and, I, and I, I'm a bit jealous of the late Chris Murphy, he had some property up north of South Wales, and John's got a place up there now. And I, 
I do miss that part of the world. I mean, it's mm. a beautiful, Australia's a gorgeous place and especially the beaches. And I do miss the beaches and my wife's from Michigan and, you know, so she grew up on Lake Michigan. So we're all about water. And as I said, my kids, they're natural surfers and long, long blonde hair, skateboarders. Move back then, just do it. I know. I, 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 really, we're, we're looking at all different things. We're talking about this morning. We've got to make a decision where we want to go. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm building a new company, so but it, it I can probably do it remotely. I don't know. I, I've got a, it's it's a whole different kettle of fish as, as far as what we want from life. And I think COVID has made a lot of people um, readdress what they want and what what's important. And we're uh, we're we're one of those people. I think we realise you can do a lot remotely now, so you don't have to be in these big cities anymore. No, exactly, exactly. And we just, you know, we just got back. There's a place called Pismo Beach up a couple of hours north of LA. That it's where the monarch butterflies. There's a stand of of gum trees, ironically, like hundred year old gum trees. They go on their trip because yeah, they go from Mexico up way up to Northern California, and that's one of the places they stop and they just all fly and congregate and. Ah. Beautiful. Look at them up there, but it's just beautiful beaches, and it was yeah, you know, it's winter, and my kids are out swimming in the ocean, just in in the swimmers, they're they're insane. It's, I, mean, I guess I did it when I was a kid too, but it's like it's winter in the in the yeah. ocean, and they're out there swimming away. <laughs> Back to your question, LA, it's it's a hubbub, it's it's exhausting. It's a, it's a land of opportunity still, so it's it. Mm. I enjoy many parts of it, and I don't enjoy some parts of it. So that's that's part of the bottom it, but. I, I would like, I am looking fondly back at Australia. And then if I could afford Manly, I'd love to live back in Manly. <laughs> coming home, coming Keep in touch with the most out of the band. Um, yeah, Tim and I really had a, a real bromance in the in the last tour and such. And also, I, I introduced Tim into rugby league. I took him to the state of origin, and um, he just you know, loves it. And he lives in Manly, and it, he's in Narrabeen now. He said that he's just seeing all the Manly guys. Like, there's a coffee shop they always go to, and he always sees them there. And so he's become a Manly fan. And, and obviously, Kirk, and you know, more so through Lane, is is a Manly manly person now too but yeah and, and andrew as well because andrew's he's showing his love for music i'm really happy for him doing his country thing you know I'm, I'm doing my thing and he's doing his thing so he's actually over there at the moment they flew over a couple of days ago will you hook up if he comes through la yeah i know he's, he's in ohio i guess for he's i know he's, he's just some he's played in nashville and um, is at his wife's family's place i think for christmas so uh, i'd love to hook up with him it's just funny it's it's like old friends you know like when you see an old friend it's like no time has passed and it's always it's the same guys yeah. it's just weird i haven't seen seen him for you know i haven't been to australia for five years i mean five years yeah months. now you mentioned something about a book when we first uh, started recording earlier so what's that all about you know, I, I started writing i was asked to do some keynote speaking so yeah. I, um, I did some stuff because Kieran Gribben does like a... Oh, he's got like a workshop thing, hasn't he, with music? It's a songwriting workshop and he's really, That's right. really good at it. Like we actually did did the rounds around LA doing like with, a, you know, the corporate office at Disney and the, just to try and drum up some business for it. He flew me to Spain. I did one in, in Spain and it's just funny. Just like, But the workshop part, he does, he's, he's magnificent at it, like... He, he writes songs on stage with people. They they give you lines from, you know, if it's a whatever company it is, it's it's divided into four groups of whatever people do in their different different roles in the company, and they give him a line of what basically epitomizes their part of their job, and he writes a song. And then we wrote four songs, and they were great. And then. They're gone, and you forgot about them. And you might, you might <laughs> film one song. That they have a contest. One song wins. You film that. That's their present. They give, you know, performing it. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. My hats off to Kieran. I sort of got the bug to do some keynote speaking and and talking about about you know my life within excess. I wrote a whole keynote speech, and it's 
you know, got a bit of my history of the band, a bit of my history of growing up as a as a you know, lifesaver in, a, in at Queenscliff Beach, and and people read and go, it's really you should write a book. Yeah, you know, I remember all the good stories. I'm, I know I'm pretty pretty good at telling the yarn and and writing stuff down. So. I, I do have to write a book, yeah. Excellent. You haven't uh, done a uh, cyber uh, attack on Kirk's files, have you? <laughs> I, I, I wrote my own diaries for a while, but they're a bit more R-rated than Kirk's, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I remember it all, you know, like it's, it's you know, and also I've got, I've got, I was the the asshole going around with a video camera for, for you know for all that time, and so I got I got tons of videos and stuff, so and memories they flood back from all that time. So well, that'd be good for promoting your book, won't well, yeah, you? yeah. So yeah, that's, I've got to do it. Is the uh, the entity is there, and you know the banter brand sort of, I guess, concept that Chris sort of uh, geared up over the last number of years. Copy side of things, just you know the actual work that went in to what you guys did. That was the thing I was most proud of within Excess was that they came from the sort of the the back blocks of Australia, and and everything was hard. <laughs> I just felt like everything to achieve what you guys did was hard. And the mini series, there's this little bit at the end of it where they cut into dramatic side of the actors into the real footage of the band and they're out in a farm near a fence and I just was spine tingling just to sort of you know when, when a doc when a when a dramedy goes into the real footage of the artist or the band or the actor the, the real person yeah. it, it really resonated I think with a lot of Australians just how hard you worked and how proud we should be of what you guys did because as we t- sort of talk about the Rock Hall of Fame we mentioned to Tim um, on the episode and typically in excess self-effacing. Oh, yeah, if it happens, it happens, whatever. And I said, oh, well, you know, The Cure are in and Def Leppard are in. And Tim's like, The Cure are in. We're bigger than them in America. <laughs> so we got <laughs> we got Tim sort of thinking about it. And we think that a omission that has has to be rectified, and I'm sure you would embrace it, but we think the the uh, the legacy of the work is deserving of that uh, nomination and ultimate honour. And I know you probably can't comment about yourselves, but I think – Comment about yourselves. Have a have a have a US moment and brag about yourselves, Gary. <laughs> um, I, I think it's it'd be a great thing. I think it'd be a great honour, and I think we deserve it. I mean, yeah, we were one of the biggest bands in the world for a while. There, Mick Jagger came to our gig in Adelaide and, and took notes, like was writing notes for of our production and performance for his upcoming solo tour. I mean, we got to work with and for you know some of the greatest. Yeah, you know, we toured Europe with Queen. We, we really had the opportunity to learn our, our craft and, and be the best we could. And I think we really nailed it in being, getting our own style, our own sound. Um, Andrew and Michael especially just nailed it as far as songwriting. My God, I mean, we that's the that's the, the real strength of In Excess is, is the depth of our songs. And I think that's what's going to be around forever is our songs. Um, they really don't age. That's, you know, like... A lot of stuff that I, you know, you, you hear it down to go, oh, that didn't age very well, you know. And in excess, you know, I, I think it will always find a younger generation. I mean, that, yeah. that, that that miniseries did show that. It wasn't just about, you know, the sad Michael thing. It was, oh, that's right, they had that song, this song, that song. And, and we got ourselves through, you know, the workload that we did, which is phenomenally hard. But we made it fun, and we looked after each other. We had you know, three brothers. Basically, we're all brothers in, in school. We looked after each other. We got through it all. The only people we had to hang out with and talk to at the early times was ourselves. Um, you know, if we had time off, it was always looking. You know, we we you know we were mates, and that's what mates do. The other thing, Gary, that we love to say, and I think you did it with dignity in class. I think Tim said that you went on tour a lot and there was occasionally a couple of dicky bands that, you know, treated you guys not as well. And then you always went out of your way for support bands. You always went out of your way. I know Michael and that, you know, think back to think back to that great little club and uni tour in Melbourne in 93. I went to all of those uh, 
Melbourne Uni gigs and you got the Killjoys and the Young UMI and and the Black Eyed Susans and you were very supportive of other bands and you know I think you did it with dignity and class and uh, not many bands over the journey could say that and I think you can look back at the way you did it was done that exceptionally well. Well, it's, we always wanted to give back to you know what we'd learned and what you know like bands like Chisel were you know it was tough. I mean they they yeah you because know, many many you know road crew are the tough ones on on support bands and and i remember the oil support bands were like who the fuck do you think you are and then then you play and they get you become best mates i mean and the chisels crew were, were always good to us and and chisel were always you know good to us and you you, you appreciate that you learn it and you pass it on to bands when bands like the sunny boys are supporting you and they're you know they're nervous kids and you, you kind of forget that we, we, I actually kind of forget that we did. We had all those young bands supporting us, and it was a big thing that Chris Murphy really wanted to impart is giving back as well. And you know, we had young Powderfinger supporting us at one gig, and our, our crew didn't like the fact that we had a different support band every night. But it was really good and enjoyable part of giving back to the music industry. That was that you know was overall yeah you know, the tall poppy syndrome aside was pretty good to us. You know, like yeah. Well, it, it was really rewarding to be a professional musician in in in, in the Australian music scene. Now, mm-hmm. I, I say this with a tongue in cheek, uh, Gary, but if you did put on some glasses at the moment and raise your voice, you would actually look a bit like Chris Murphy today with the hair. Oh, my COVID hair! You know, COVID, COVID <laughs> like oh, I don't give a shit. I'm just not gonna look in a mirror for a while, and then all of a sudden I got a lot of hair. I'm joining you. <laughs> I've managed to cut mine off. Come on, guys. <laughs> Love your hair. So if you did, oh, sorry, not if, when <laughs> you do get onto that stage, who would you like to be on stage with you singing? I think it would probably be a few singers. It's a good question. I mean, I yeah, when we've done gigs as Ash and Moon or even Stadium, and, yeah, Toby really does sing in excess perfectly, i got to say. But the other guys don't know him. But um, I don't know. I mean, um, it was fun doing, working with Rob, you know, Rob Thomas, that tour with Rob, Rob Thomas is a good guy to work with. I got to say, it's one regret I have is not that it didn't work out with Terence Trent Derby. Yeah, Open Stadium Australia. That sound is so good. That was that could have been an, a really interesting. Mm. Yeah, you know, I think it would have worked. Because he had a Michael esqueness to him, didn't he? Yeah, he's, he's a star. Um, mm. He's got a, he's got that thing about him, but it's a different voice. You know, like, yeah, would have been a, a soul, a, isn't a, it? Yeah, Harrison's and. Oh, no, it's a really good question. I mean, it, it's this, you know. this might be an easy one. Who who would you like to induct you? You had Jenny Morris in Australia, Ooh. which is for Australia. You, yes. you, you generally have to nominate people. There's been some interesting choices. Uh, Pearl Jam mm. had uh, David Letterman induct them. Uh, Talking mm. Heads had uh, uh, Anthony Kiedis induct them. Um, I think uh, Roxy Music got inducted by uh, the Duran Duran Boys. Yeah. And then yeah. Duran Duran got inducted by Iron Man. Who? Oh, Iron Man. <laughs> Iron Man. Robert Tony Jr. Robert Tony Jr. Oh, did he? Jr. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he did too. Um, yeah, yeah. If you had to just dream for a moment and think, okay, who would be somebody that you would love to? Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. We know, we know. Okay. <laughs> this is the thing. You can pick anyone on the planet. They don't have to be related to the band. It could be anybody or whatever. Would there be a... A person or two that would resonate with you? Um, I don't know. I mean, you, you look at your idols that are still, you know, on the planet. I mean, they, they, it's, it's pie in the sky thought. You know, Paul McCartney or or, or Mick Jagger. Or Mick Jagger would be great. Yeah, because yeah, because Jagger's yeah, we had had you know parallels. Uh, yeah, parallels, and and he's surprisingly down to earth, wonderful guy. Like he, 
you know, we hung out with him. Yeah, we invited Michael and I out to dinner and 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 took back to his hotel room to smoke pot and and hang out and listen to music. And he's a and he he, he turned up at our gig in Adelaide as a, as I said to take notes by himself. He's a, he's Mick Jagger for God's sake. Mm. And he turned no entourage, sat down, ate, ate some catering with our crew. And I yeah, we got there for Saturday. He's like Mick Jagger sitting <laughs> chatting away with the crew. <laughs> Again, it's like that's that's a pretty good example of what you want to be in your life. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great student, I guess, and yeah, loves his cricket, Mick, doesn't he? You know, he's a, he's a sports fan. Yeah, yeah, he's a sports fan. I mean, yeah, probably more so the yeah you know, the round the round ball, the river dance for sport, as they call it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's 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 you know it's it's we're lucky to have, you know, Walk off stage at Madison Square Garden. There's Keith Richards sitting on a road case with a bottle of vodka in his hand, and it just, you know, it's just just stuff that you remember. That you know how good Queen were to us, and we played with them at Wembley, and then they took us on tour around Europe. Brian May would be one of the the real nice guys of rock and roll. He was on uh, Triple M in Australia a couple of years ago, and well, it might have been four or five years ago. And I think the the big sort of Queen Renaissance was happening, and the stage stage show and things, and. He was asked about Australia. He says, "Look, you know, one of the bands that you know we really loved and we spent a bit of time with, and they were fantastic, was In Excess." And he was uh, very, very endorsing of uh, the time with you and just the respect for the band that he had. And I know you guys had a hard time, some of the Queen fans in in England, particularly. Uh, but that's all part and parcel of hardening up, isn't it? I guess. Well, it is. I mean, and, and yeah, you know, like and yeah, you know, us growing up on the on the pub stage is supporting Oils and Chisel, like and and the Angels. It's like you learn to to take the knocks and and to and to give back. You know? So, you know, yeah, that, that was a funny thing. We got we got added at that that Wembley concert um, where we met Queen as a last minute addition because they they did I think two nights and the first the first night weeks before was. Um, some band that were on their way up in England were first on, and people started pelting them, and they 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 made the mistake of throwing something back. Oh right! Oh. <laughs> and they got absolutely pelted off stage, and and yeah. and you know the girls singer was running out crying off stage, and so they like you know they asked us, and we're like absolutely we'll be there, yeah. and people started throwing stuff, and we're like. Just <laughs> and then they love it. So yeah, and then we walk off stage thinking, "Oh, it was a pretty good experience." Thinking that was it, and then Freddie Mercury, you know, wanders in with his leotards and his little microphone, <laughs> and going, "Yeah, that was great," you know, like. <laughs> and then next thing you know, we're invited on tour, like to, to tour Europe with him. It was like, wow, you know, like it's yeah, those cool. moments that you remember. Yeah. Tim has some great stories about being in the hotel rooms with Freddie and Michael and they're singing away and, you know, ad-libbing away and things, which must be mm. fond memories too for you, you know? It was. I mean, it was, it was, they were just so nice to us. I mean, we uh, just dinners, just them and us, you know, like um, their parties were just legendary. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, and just, just really good people. I mean, again, yeah. it's, you know, and we got to hang out, you know, Brian and, and and his wife um at the time just we Brian would get there like way before we'd turn up to sound check and like we because we were obviously you know driving in our bus overnight and whatever. But he he'd get there and just sit in a room and play. Like he just he just practiced all day. And he so we got to, you know, go and hang out and you know, he was the the main one we got to chat with a lot. He's a Really lovely bloke, you know. One of the great parallels, there was a doco on last night with Queen and it just uh I just watched it a bit, but it always just reminded me, you know, a little bit like in excess. They were one of the bands that I think all four members wrote hits for the band. And, you know, I think if you look back at in excess, each band members contributed a hit hits, plural, several, you know, and you know, it's mu- musicians, musicians really, you know. John Deacon, the bass player, he wrote, You're my best you're my best friend. One, yeah, the, the bass lines for One Bites the Dust and Under Pressure, like he, you know, just those little bass lines that, that, you know, must still be bringing in some pretty good money. And I Want to Break Free, you wrote too, Gary. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, talk about four or five hits, you know, if you're yeah. the, you know, what a, what a, what an output for, uh, you know, a guy who was a little bit more anonymous in terms of the public sort of side, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. funny too. I know, but certain photos, he looks, we look like, we look alike. Um, <laughs> Very true. <laughs> but I saw, I saw Queen. Yeah, you know, when I was in high school, I saw Queen at the Horden, the night of the opera tour. How old was you when you went to see Queen? 
Um, I was about 17. I was just, just yeah. playing, well, maybe even 16. And then come tw- in your 20s, you're on stage with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, touring with them. You know? it's, it's, <laughs> Nuts. It's just, just, just brilliant. Yeah. Mm. But, yeah, and and we toured, yeah, toured, touring uh, New Zealand with, with, with Chisel. I mean, that was that was legendary. Yeah. You know. Um, legendary parties as well. Oh, yeah, Tim. Tim getting so drunk, he was drunk for two days. Like, um, <laughs> he drank, he drank the bar, which I've never seen. Like, he laid his back and went along, did a shot of everything that was that's hanging there. It sounds like it a, a, a David <laughs> Boone uh, sort of example there, Gary. For those who oh, don't yeah. know, yeah, yeah, but it was uh, yeah, and, and Jimmy's like, yeah, this guy's a legend. Watching him do that, and so yeah, for our overseas listeners, David Boone was a famous Australian cricketer who drank fifty-four cans between uh, Sydney and London. Um, and had to be wheeled off in a trolley uh, upon arrival. So uh, our cricketing uh, listeners would know that. love to have you back on again and those band members obviously John, Tim, Kirk etc on again. Uh, we'd love to do an album deep dive. I think, listen to you today I think The Swing holds some special memories for you would that be fair to say? Was there any particular album that stands out for you? Um, they all had their, their place. I mean you know, the first album was a memory of, of just getting in the studio because we you know on such a shitty budget from Deluxe Records we'd go in the studio and after gigs, sometimes after two gigs Sometimes after three gigs on, on on the same night, and then go in the studio and walk out. You know, be in there till dawn, and like pulling your speaker boxes apart and trying to fix them from because they're blown from the gig to record. I mean, there's some memories, but yeah, the swing was recording in England. I mean, at the at Oxford, it was you know the Manor House. So it was, that was a, a, a trip um, with an English producer um, recording the first album with Chris Thomas because Chris Thomas. What a legend. Everyone, you know, gives him credit for the Sex Pistols and what have you, but we was Roxy music that that got us mm. Chris Thomas, mm. like that those first three or four Roxy music albums mm. he did. Yeah, so working with him and he's an English engineer for, for Listen Like Thieves. The swing, you know, the beginnings of us owning our own studio, you know, an ex recording owning our own studio. Um, yeah, so just every album has its own place because it's 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 a it's a thing it's a cycle that you all look forward to is getting off the road writing a, a you know new music recording it and then you know um and got more fun too as for kick and x we were rehearsed those albums in at the at the opera house in the big rehearsal rooms that are down underground there um and having you know lunch with all the ballerinas and you know like all the, the fun stuff that, that you, you know you look back on um but yeah, the swing was was a, was a trip because it's it was you know it's such an eclectic album, you know, mm. you know, and also recording that you know um, the original scene in, in, at the power station with Nile. I mean, you know, doing the bass line when Bernard Edwards walks in from Chic, you know, just you know, like while yeah. while I'm you know pretending I'm a black bass player, and he, you know, he walks one of the greatest of all time. Like, you know. there is Adrian. And it's nobody Well, I'm sure you have to see It's open arms Dream of white boy Dream of black girl Then wake up to a brand new day To find the dreams of white away Which was your favourite video to make? Yeah, I look back at Burn for You was just just a trip because yeah, we just met Richard 
everyone was like partying all night because we were staying at some obscure little like motor lodge or whatever out in the out in the sticks in in out, I think it was out near Townsville after doing a gig and then we just did the video the mangroves the next day Michael running through the mangroves and then I look back at it it was fun because you look there's a lot of personal shots you're talking about personal images yeah there's a shot right at the end he's he's, he's put in a shot of our backing singers and Tim's wife Buffy and she's holding James at the end the firstborn of NXS so yeah. holding him's like one yeah it's a beautiful shot that it is, is. Yeah, it's that before. That, that, yeah. That, Buffy's a big part, like big, she was, yeah, she went to high school with us. You know, I was in love with mm. Buffy and she was going out with Tim. So another reason I didn't like Tim, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, you know, full circle and you know, they're, they're still happily married and it's just, you know, but the things like, you know, the videos, you know, that became a bit of a, a, a timestamp for us as well. I, I, I love, you know, like burn for you is a great, is a great video. Need you tonight's a great video. You know, Richard, whatever we did with Richard was always going to be, interesting and and a trip i mean what you need with a using a camera i mean turns up for a video shoot with a camera like okay (laughs) (laughs) and then it wins all these awards you know like it's i know brilliant just uh you know the videos are always fun yeah and having our own video maker and his team that we you know really good friends of ours was, was always always um a good you know a good, a good thing to have. Last thing for me, you're a young band coming up through the ranks today. Uh, one piece of advice, what would it be? I don't know what advice I could give. I mean, I, I guess I have to if I want to produce. Buy a good bass guitar from you. <laughs> buy a bass guitar from me and uh, <laughs> just pay attention to what's gone before, you know, but still find your own voice, but just try and borrow from the attitude of what went before, not necessarily the notes, but mainly the, just the style and attitude and the soul of whatever's gone before and find your own voice and don't be an asshole. <laughs> it's just, yes. You know, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's all about the music, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks very much for getting on. We would love to have a chat again and maybe dive deep on an album or something else in the future. And even with Ash and Moon stuff, we're very keen to, um, and I guess with In Excess, it was, was always about the next thing. You know, the In Excess never nostalgia. They look back in the review vision mirror a lot. And we'd love to come on and just do an Ash and Moon episode or yeah, something yeah, that's current, yeah. you know, going forward. We're very happy to do that. You Definitely know? want to see Toby on, yes. Yeah, Toby on, I know, because he's a <laughs> ugly, ugly bastard. Yeah. yeah, no, I'd love to because I'm really, as I said, I'm really proud of what Toby and I are doing. It's, I, I I found my a kindred spirit and I feel he feels the same way. I don't know why he hasn't found someone to write with him like that gets the best out of him like I feel I do. But yeah, we're we're just really, really, you know, we'd love to love to have a chat with you about that. We're really proud Excellent. of it. Yes. Especially if you're coming over to tour soon. Yeah, I'd love to get and bring uh, Ashton into Australia. I'd love to. Perfect. Yes, front row. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very, very, very much. I'd love to do it again. Just let me know. Bye. 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 Well, that was pretty cool, B. A bit of a wrap there with Gary. Three episodes. Uh, Hopefully uh, everybody got a little bit out of that, whether it was episode one, two, and three, or all of them. Um, He was such an open soul, wasn't he, B? Loved it. Yeah. Thank you, Gary. Again, um, that was awesome and a great ending at the end there to talk about um, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And hopefully we can help um, the band get in this next year even. Hmm. Yeah. Now, B, we're going to do something really interesting and mix it up a little bit. We're going to do our news and our little wrap all together with all our little housekeeping and sort of rip through it all together and hopefully punch in and informative. So uh, can I start off with the news for you and go, the fans? Go ahead. This is Manny from the UK, and here is the news. All right, B. Well, the uh, the very best of is out of the top forty. Unfortunately, uh, it's probably had its Christmas glow. It's now February, so uh, I guess it's had its little run there and got back up into the twenties and things. Uh, but you know, I guess uh, we take homage by the fact that it's still eleven years later. Has relevance? I guess that's been a bit of a positive in terms of the Australian top twenty albums and stuff like that for the week. Uh, the best of has gone down to number four, so it's been taken over by uh, Kid Leroy. It was a Kid Laurel or whatever his name is. B. He's a bit, a bit of a famous uh, person down here, but uh, still number four. 
uh, in terms of the Australian charts. Uh, Kicks uh, gone down to number 13 in the local charts, some 36 years after release. So amazing uh, stats on that one. Yeah. Now, B, remember that gig in Perth we talked about at the uh, soccer stadium? I think it's on April 28th. Yeah. Uh, sorry, April 29th, et cetera, there. It's called Devils, Saints and Sinners. So I've just yeah. got the name. Absolutely uh, down pat. I have found out about another in excess gig over there. Uh, can I share that with you and the listeners? Please, yes. Well, on the 29th, that gig's still happening at the HBF Stadium, which is a soccer stadium there, and still tickets available. I believe it's uh, with the Perth Symphony Orchestra. And uh, this orchestra is pretty cool. They've actually done events like this for ABBA, Eurythmics, Prince, David Bowie. Okay. Uh, lots of different artists. So they're pretty yeah. versatile. Mm. And I think that particular gig is only $70.20 there in Mount Claremont. Pretty so good. pretty good yeah. value. But uh, they've also announced another gig, and I was got a little bit confused, but I've researched this, on May the 13th, actually at the Perth Concert Hall, which is a fantastic hall. I've actually seen the founder of the opera there many, many years ago. Uh, they're doing In Excess Reimagined, and it's tickets there that have just gone on sale on February the 8th. There's no vocalists, unlike the other one, but I think there's going to be maybe a different variety of songs, and it's going to be in the concert hall where you get the fantastic acoustics there. Wow. So different gig, same Perth Symphony Orchestra, uh, right. but two different events over two weeks. So. We might, wow. have to go to, we might have to go to Perth for two weeks, B. Might have to go two weeks <laughs> in a row, actually, yeah. 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 Hello, new, hello, new patrons in Perth. Come and see us. <laughs> okay. Well, what you need, boys, yeah. you may, better make, make sure that you're uh, gigging around the same time so we can fit you in as well. Yes, absolutely. Uh, as I said earlier, In Excessive have just played a gig uh, last night uh, here in Melbourne. Uh, if you were able to get to that particular gig and see them, uh, it'd be fantastic if you've got any photos to upload and share. Uh, they've been fantastic around the traps and things. In other sort of uh, gig watch, I know the Don't Change Boys, the What You Need Boys uh, and the In Excess just, uh, tribute band, uh, all around Australia got tons of gigs at the moment. The Don't Change Boys are on a bit of a tear, B. I think they're even in Victoria soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hello, Karen Peters. Your uh, debit card or your MasterCard must be clocking up some frequent flyers. Also, a little bit of fun, B. I did see an article this week under the heading Cinema Cats. As you know, I like to have a little bit of fun with the news. We had the In Excess Mystify horse race cancelled last week. Yeah. Uh, but there was an article based on Cinema Cats and the article featured the One Thing film clip. Oh. And they're talking about all the cats and all the things that happened <laughs> to those poor cats oh. that uh, made them good actors and Tim, some comments from Tim and the director <laughs> saw him there. So if you put the word cinema cats in and then the one thing, uh, a good yeah. little article type comes up, <laughs> which cool. is, is fantastic. Yeah. Not a huge amount of news this week, but uh, some timely stuff that hopefully helps people out. Now, we're going to flip into fan engagement, B, which is uh, a little bit of your modus operandi. Big shout out to Danielle last week stepping into. Well, I'd like to bring in Danielle and we can have a chat about it. Well, hello and welcome to Fan Engagement with myself and Danielle. Hi, Danielle. I hear that we've got lots of fan engagement this week again. Well, hello, beautiful bee. We sure do. I'm excited to get through these people today. Oh, really? Okay. All right. Well, I always want to start off with just referencing back to Gary just back then when he mentioned about um, being in love with Buffy. I mean, I'm not jealous. I'm not jealous that two in excess members was in love with her. I mean, what is this woman got? <laughs> I don't know, but she's very lucky. I know. I know. I need to speak to this lady. Anyway, yeah, I'm glad that they all found um, a love for each other. And it's been wonderful that it's, um, they're, oh my God, they've got to be going over 40 years now married together so that's amazing just going on from lovely stories for in excess and we had a great email from brett williams and his story is going to go into the in excess book and he's been in touch with neil now you've had some emails from neil too so can you explain that to the listeners for us please yes neil kosar has been in touch with us several times this week about promoting the new calling all nations book, The Fan History of In Excess. Wow. This will be This Day in Music. So we are very excited to have this coming on. And if you are a In Excess lover, have been to any shows, anything that you can remember, please, please, please get in touch and get on the In Excess website and Tell your story. So they've got to go through the website. There's not an email directly to Neil, is there? No. 
excellent. Okay. Correct. And um, they want photographs as well. So if you have your yourself as a, a youngster in an NXS t-shirt or even now, yeah, if you live in excess, I think we need to get a picture of me and um, Hayden in there as well. Um, as well as yourself, Tanya, there's lots of lovely little pictures of you. And I saw some photos of Laurie the other day as well, didn't I? That she was cool. Excellent. So I'm really looking forward to those. That would be lovely. Um, thank you to Dr. Jim. You actually used our video with GGB to promote the petition. I should hear that's going really well. So that was fun to see. Ah, oh, I keep meaning to ask you, actually, Danielle, how are we doing for tickets for the um, Michael in Pictures book? I think we've only got like a handful left, haven't we? Yes, we have done very well. Thank you to everyone that has purchased yeah. a raffle ticket. I want to say we're down to maybe three tickets left, everybody. Really? Only three? Oh, wow. Well, so... so probably um yeah this week me and Hayden will be doing the live stream to find out who will be winning that amazing prize of Michael in Pictures by Richard Simkin excellent okay and we've got a, a new patron we do hello Paul Pendleberry thank you so much for signing up for our newsletter Paul we appreciate that yeah, that's fantastic. Thank you, mate. And I hear from Carrie-Anne that she's actually got another um, MP3 together of the B-sides, which is uber cool. So um, if you're one of our patrons, you do get a load of digital um, goodies as well. So this one's going to be added to your bag. So let um, Carrie-Anne know if you'd want that. What else is on your um, desk, as Hazen says? Well, we had someone post on our Facebook page the other day for the anniversary of when NXS performed on Saturday Night Live, February 9th, 1991. Yeah. Her name is Chantel and she is a new listener to the podcast and she says she is enjoying it. So she put a nice little article up on our Facebook page for anybody that would like to go look at that. And it's a reference to the concert that she attended on March 17th, 1991. Excellent. Hello, Chantel. And did you say you wanted to tell people about the Pinterest that you've been working hard at? I mean, you've got thousands of photographs on this uh, website now, haven't you? I do. As a matter of fact, I counted earlier today and we have over 1,047 photographs. So I would like to say hello to all of our new followers on our Pinterest page. And if you are not on any type of social media, you can come follow our Pinterest page and see from pictures from 1977 all the way up. We've got lots of articles, lots of things to do with the podcast, but mostly great pictures of NXS. Oh, fantastic. And I hear that... Um Laurel Snyder has been helping with a lot of that research as well, hasn't she? She's found some real goodies, some real old photos, but so crisp and clear. They're awesome. Yes. So thank you so much, Laurel. This, These pictures you were finding, I don't know where you're finding them, but they are amazing. <laughs> and if anybody has any more to share with Danielle, just get in touch with the podcast. It's in excess. AAA at gmail.com. Thank you, Danielle, for coming on board again with me today. And you have a lovely weekend. You too, beautiful bee. All right. Thanks, girls. Probably a good time now to also just welcome our patrons who have been checking out the episode. Uh, I do believe we have a newer patron, Diana. Uh, so welcome aboard to you. Uh, just remember, everybody, for a cup of coffee and or a, you know, a packet of cigarettes, you can be an investor in this podcast and the band's journey and really be part of our club and community. So over to you, B, to acknowledge our patrons who have listened today. I'd like to say hello to everybody outside on the highway. Let's all say hello to everybody outside. It's about 10,000 people at least. Well, hello to our honorary members. Tim Farris, Nick Egan, Mark Opitz, Richard Simpkins, Cameron Adams, Mary Woods, Darren Jones and Paul Jolie. 
our patrons Carmen, Laurie, Carrie-Anne, Danielle, Sarah Markham, Sarah Camia, Dr. Jim, Katie, Lisa Mack, Anne-Marie, Susan P, Susan B, Foxy, Pedro, Mandy, Lisa, Linda, Yvonne, Amanda H, Amanda V, David, Tracy, Paul Buckley, Sandrine, Ella, Ryder, Tony, Erica, Abigail, Martin, Val, Jim, Matey, Kelly, Jackie, Sean, Sheila, Shannon, Helen, Brett, Suzanne, Laurel, Bart, Genevieve, Laurel, Manny, Laurie, Jill, Yari, Laos, Heidi, Paula, Lisa Urban, Angie, Nancy, Juliet, Scott, Anthea, Maria, Nicole, Tracy, Darren, Vern, Jamie, Diana, Stefan, Andrew, Georgie, Stephen, Keisha, Mark, Vern, Shane, Lachlan, Mandy Jane, Rachel, Nikki, Sula, Amy, Diana and Paul. And our special mentions to Sue D, Joe Robbins, John A. Vink, Michael Spriggs, Glenn Davis, Paul Boozy and Jay Finlayson. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Be and uh, look, I guess yeah, this little trilogy of Gary, good strong start for the year. Thanks to everyone who's who's, who's downloaded and supported us on those episodes. Uh, we know uh, we are mere conduits to what you really want to hear, and that's people from the band. So, having said that, though, we're going to get nitty gritty next week. It's all about elegantly wasted. Nineteen ninety seven, B. We're going to get into a, a, an album that uh, has grown. I think it's one of the few, not few albums, but it's probably one of the albums that you know has critically wise. Uh, I think people have appreciated more and more over the years, and the songs. Yeah. I think being Michael's last lyrics have a resonance uh, to many of us. You know, Jim with the Just a Man, um, mm-hmm. you know, campaign that he runs, and, and many others. So we really look forward to. Uh, really going through track by track next week and putting a 2023 lens on Elegantly Wasted uh, for a deep dive. So can't wait to share that with you. You're so excited. I've been waiting for a long time to talk about this album. It just doesn't date for me. So, yeah, it'll be great. Fantastic. All right, but we're going to go with the tribute song today. Uh, obviously, it's been a Gary trilogy, so we like to acknowledge Gary. And I thought that you know, there's a really interesting version of a song that you love, B, and a song that I love, where uh, it's off the Welcome album. But um, I think this is off a you know a bit of a reissue, an extended ten year anniversary of Welcome, where uh, Strange Desire, so that's more of a instrumental version without much of Michael's vocals, is played, and you get a real good chance to realise just how great Gary is on this song with his bass playing and the hooks and the, the sort of Latin percussion thing that him and John are are doing so uh we thought we'd go it was sort of we'll call it strange desire part two sort of the instrumental sort of version Uh and we'll go out with this track as a bit of a uh thank you to gary thanks for the funk thanks for the uh counting time thanks for being the uh the backbone there uh with john and all you've done over the journey and uh it's goodbye from me and it's a goodbye from b goodbye everybody
Listening to In Excess, Access All Areas with Hayden and B.